0: and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
2: Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 28th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I'll be playing a crossover podcast that I did with Steven Cameron of Close Up Magic as we discuss everything... Going on in the Magic's offseason as free agency is right around the corner. In fact, this is our last episode of, of the season, technically, um, but our last episode before free agency begins on June 30th at six o'clock. We'll be back here on Monday to discuss any moves the Magic make, uh, discuss all the rumors that might be flying around, and, and, and maybe go into a little bit more detail of what's in front of the Magic if they haven't done anything. We'll talk about what's going on around the league, as obviously. This is a big free agency, but I wanted to leave you this weekend, and I know it's a little bit late in the weekend, but I wanted you to leave you this weekend with a, a big, you know, wide-ranging discussion of what the Magic are up against and what the Magic can do this year in free agency, so I hope that you enjoy it. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast. I to stay up-to-date on free agency from every perspective. Just like there's a podcast covering New Orlando Magic with the, the excruciating detail we do here, There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here from local experts who know their team best. That's who you want to hear from. You want to get the lowdown on what the Los Angeles Lakers are doing? Check out Locked On Lakers. You think the Kings might be willing to poach Nikola Vucevic? Check out Locked On Kings. You can find a podcast for every taste and flavor of NBA team plus NFL, MLB, and colleges too. You can find them all on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Himalaya, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device today.
2: All right, everyone. And like I said, we got Philip Rosman, right of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic joining us tonight. We've been planning this episode for a week or two now. Excited to talk with each other. Philip, thanks for
0: coming on and how you doing tonight? I am doing good. I, I am holding my breath ready for free agency to start. It, it feels like it's been forever and, and it, uh, we're finally going to get some questions answered.
2: Oh, yeah. It's been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks with the draft with, a, you know, you know, it almost I almost forget that the, the Toronto Raptors even won the championship because the there's so exactly so much other stuff has gone on. It's crazy. Uh, but, you know, drafts coming up or we just had the draft agency is right around the corner on Sunday. I'm actually going to be. Um, out of town that day, so I'm I'm kind of glad that I I'm I'm gonna be able to like just come back in the evening and just catch up and not be stressing about it every two seconds. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Um, but you know, let's just spend a minute and talk about the draft before we go into free agency, even though that'll be the primarily what we talk about this evening. But we just had the draft. We drafted Chumo Kiki. I was a bit shocked, like most people, but once I started learning about him, I'm like. So excited that he's on the team, and I think he's going to really fit and fill a lot of holes that this team need. Um, you know, in the second unit when he's healthy, and potentially some really interesting lineups when you know he develops a bit more, and potentially could be a starter. Who knows? Um, but also, we sold the second round pick, which we can get to in a second. But overall, what are your thoughts on Okiki? And um, I mean, you think the Magic redshirt him this year? I almost think they should, and just let him come back. As a uh, you know, a freshman the following summer or the following year. I don't know. Those are kind of my thoughts. What are you thinking so far?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I was as surprised as everyone that uh, that the Magic took Okiki at 16. I had him kind of as a late first round, early second round pick. I just I, I felt like the the torn ACL was was just a really big risk to take, or not not a huge risk because ACL injuries aren't the biggest deal in the world anymore. Sure, but for a Magic team that that we'll talk about in free agency coming up here, but for a Magic team that. Was coming off their first playoff appearance, that you know didn't have a lot of resources to add quality players to the roster. Uh, you know, not that you expect a rookie to come in and light up the world, but I did think the Magic needed to get uh, draft someone that would contribute something in their first year. And so, you know, I think there is a fair criticism to say, okay, you, you drafted Okiki, who's probably not going to play at all his his rookie year, or his, his true rookie year at least. Uh, you know, that that definitely raises a few eyebrows now. You know, he, he tore his ACL in in March, early April. So, it, there's a potential that he'll be back and ready to play by January. I imagine they'll they'll have him do some rehab starts in Lakeland uh, and play some, spend some time there. That's that's what it's there there for at least. Um, but it, you know, if you're in the middle of a playoff hunt, it, it's hard to add a new player to the mix, especially when he's a rookie like Okiki is. But you know, when I, when I started to find, you know, when I started finally to look at who Okiki is as a player. I have to say, he started checking off all the boxes for what you look for in box. a guy, like positional versatility, length, strong defense, uh, good three point—you know, a good really like, nice, spot up three point shooter. shooter. He's got good footwork in the post, honestly, for for a guy his size. And yeah, he probably plays a little more three four than kind of perimeter perimeter style three, but you know, I think he can grow into a lot of those 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 elements. And at sixteen, I'm not looking to draft a star. Like, I, I think there's a lot of people who are like oh, this clearly means Aaron Gordon's on his way out. I don't think it means that at all. I think it means they have now three guys who can play that 3-4 hybrid position so they don't change their style of play when they bring guys off the bench. I think Okiki fits really well as a three. And, you know, maybe in certain lineups you could play him a little bit as a, as a big two even. So the Magic, sure. I think, got a lot of things that they really like in Okiki. It was clearly a guy they really liked because they, they took him even though he tore his ACL at sixteen. And so I, I you know, I've, I've, I'm solely selling myself on the pick. Definitely some questions, obviously. And, you know, I'm not expecting him to, to, to you know, destroy the world when he is healthy. But he's a guy that just fits what the Magic want on the court as well as culturally, honestly.
2: Yeah, I, I, I overall, I kind of gave the draft a, a B+, uh, because there wasn't much. Yeah, I, we don't have anything we can use this year, in in my opinion. And that kind of sucks. But at the same, you know, it didn't address any any guard need, which I was really hoping for as well. But you know, when I learned about Okiki, he, he fits the mold on the court and off the court. He is a character guy. Every time I hear about him, how much his team loved him. Um, And he's just, he just seems like he's really excited to be here and just to do whatever he needs to do to help the team win and of course a lot of those are just copy and paste answers that like Every rookie is gonna say into a microphone, but he seems to check every box and i'm i'm pretty stoked to have him. It sucks. We're not going to see him much this year but you know honestly i'm sort of used to that with how Bamba didn't play for a good amount of the end of the season last year and isaac was basically out the entire freshman, you know his rookie year, so it's No surprise a little bit of a bummer to have this repeated injury thing going on, but it's it is what it is, and I think he's going to be a really nice addition when he is healthy, and it gives him a lot of time to just learn and study the game, which is never a bad thing. So he can come back and be really strong his rookie season, whenever whether it's part of you know the end of this season coming up or the following year. Which again, I'm kind of leaning more towards the following year. Uh, but we you know we had a second pick in the second round, and we drafted someone, and basically sold that pick to the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of people were upset about that we we did have a couple listener questions asking us to address this and um, you know listeners with the questions we had a lot of you reach back to us on Twitter so unfortunately like we're probably not gonna shout you guys out but we appreciate you guys um, you know giving us some questions for this but a couple of you asked why did we sell that pick when we're such a young team and we need talent Um, you know why did we sell that pick I have my theory what's yours
0: um, you know, I I think you know I'll just I'll I'll say what Jeff Weltman said uh, about the pick. He said that I believe he said that, that that the team has a lot of young players already, and they didn't want to take up another roster spot essentially. Like if if you you know you, you draft a second round pick pick guy, you're saving a roster spot for him. That's one less you can spend in in free agency. And so I think you know you look at the Magic. Uh, I think I don't think a lot of us realize this. The Magic were the youngest team in the NBA playoffs last year by by average age. Their, their starting oh, yeah. lineup was was certainly the youngest starting lineup in the entire NBA playoffs. Uh, and so I think there is the, the thought process that you need to save some spots for older players to kind of help balance the roster out, give some veteran presence. And the reality is the Magic are rebuilding, but they're also a playoff team. And I don't think they want to lose, lose either part of that, that equation. I think they want to have their cake and eat it too a little bit. Sure. And so... You know, if there wasn't a player that you absolutely love, and and, and I think some people really did like Talon Horton Tucker, I was not among them. Six foot four power forwards do not, you know, are not my jam. Um, but uh, I, I think that there wasn't anyone they really loved. There, there wasn't anyone there that that really they felt like would contribute to the team, you know, quickly or you know, be a good project to invest in. And so I think they, they kind of said, you know what, let's leave that roster spot open and punt it for, for next year if we ever get that pick. And, and let's break this
2: down a little bit into reality of, of the ages of this team I have the current roster up now and I'm just gonna go through the guys that are currently under contract not restricted free agents or any of that So the first person I hit is Timothy Mozgov. He's pretty old. Let's not even go about him DJ Augustine I think he's in his 30s, right Evan Fournier. He's like 28 29 Then Jonathan Isaac 21 mark helpful. It's 21. Wessa Wondo, I think he's like 23 24 Ken Birch is, I think, 26.
0: 26, 27. 24. Yeah.
2: But then you got Bamba, 20. Melvin Frazier, he's 20, 21, something like that, right? He's pretty young. Aaron yeah. Gordon 23. Um, and that's it.
0: D- it's DJ, a bunch DJ, of young Augustine, DJ Augustine is essentially the only player on the roster that played minutes that's older than 30 years old. Like, wrap yeah. your head around that. He's And he's only like 31, 32, I think.
2: But then you have Evan Fournier... Um,
0: Nikola that, Vucevic is 29, Nikola, Evan 40, twenty nine. and Fournier, I think, is 28.
2: Yeah. So going into next Terrence year, Ross let's say nine. Like you need to have some veteran presence, or we just kind of end up in this super young team that's cycling around, like trying to get things together. And you kind of look like the Suns. You could you could look like them. You could look like the. um but in fairness to that, ago. it's it's
0: it's you know. I, I I worry less about the age approach. Like sure. this is this is a you know a, a young team, but now you have Aaron Gordon with playoff experience. So he's and he's been in the league for five years. It's it's also more about you know making sure you have the right veterans. So you know we're not saying age for age's sake, right? Um, but at the same time, if you have another young guy, another like really young guy, especially a rookie. Who needs to learn the league? And and you know like Melvin Fraser is going to be essentially a rookie if he if he can scratch the rotation next year. I mean he played a little bit in garbage time, but I don't think he played a single meaningful minute this entire season for for the Orlando Magic at least. Um, it, if you have a lot of young guys who just don't know what they're doing, they're going to make mistakes. And, and Orlando is still trying to win; they still want to make the playoffs next year, even if they lose Vucevic and Ross. Their goal will be to make the playoffs and then they're going to, I hope, try and find a way to field a playoff team that still emphasizes the young guys that they want to build with. They totally. don't want to go back into that mode where they're just collecting young assets and young players and throwing them out there. It needs to be purposeful. And if there isn't a purpose to it, they shouldn't be drafting that guy. Because that, that, I mean, so, okay, answer
2: this. We did have someone ask, like, why don't we just draft them and stash them in the EuroLeague? Is that even possible?
0: Uh, it or would it that is. Still take it up is, but, but roster the, spots? I mean, it would not take up a roster spot. Um, you only a roster spot's only taken up if you sign the guy. So, like Tyler Harvey's a really good example. The Magic okay. drafted Tyler Harvey, what three or you know four or five years ago, three or four years ago. They they brought they never brought him over. They actually never even signed him to a training camp contract. They drafted him. You know, the draft at the, especially in the second round becomes a lot of these little side deals. Um. They drafted Tyler Harvey specifically with the intention of camping him in in Erie at the time with the Erie Bayhawks to play in the G League that year with the thought of, we'll bring you back over for summer league and decide whether to bring you into training camp. The Magic never actually brought him into training camp. They never actually signed him. He went and played in Europe for a few years before they traded him to Memphis last season. Sure. Um, So technically, if Tyler Harvey ever wants to come to the NBA, even though he has never played in the NBA minute, the Memphis Grizzlies still own his rights. So he is a Memphis... He's property of the Memphis Grizzlies whenever he wants to come to the NBA. Uh, like, Fran Vasquez is the same way. Everyone loves mentioning him. Um, the Magic drafted Fran Vasquez. He never actually came over to the, United, to the United States to the NBA. Continued playing in Spain. He had an interesting career, not a great career. Um, and so the Magic actually retained his cap hold. So that's actually a little you know, nugget of information there for free agency. Um, the magic retained is capped, so if Fran Vasquez ever does come to the NBA or wants to come to the NBA, he has to go to the Magic first. because um, they, they, they have us right. So those kind of deals, they do happen, um, but the player kind of has to agree to it. And a lot of agents, you know, if their player, you know, isn't gonna make the NBA, they're not trying to get those deals. Or the, the, in the second round, they're trying to convince NBA teams don't draft my guy. Sure. And so, so you find out, like especially toward the end of the second round, you get a lot of Euro guys that will never make the NBA. You get a lot of maybe domestic players who weren't going to otherwise make an NBA roster. Who are like, yeah, I'll I'll spend a year in the G League. You you know you know draft me. I'll go to your G League team. I'll work out with your summer league team, and we'll talk again next year. And and they'll make that they'll make that that, that check or they'll, they'll get that check. So there's a lot of, like, kind of wheeling and dealing toward the end of the second round that that a lot of people, you know, don't really think about. And we
2: still kind of ended up with someone in the second round, I believe, where they signed someone at the... They signed,
0: for for Summer League, they signed uh, Daquan Jeffries from from Tulsa, who's probably considered, like, the first or second best player that wasn't drafted. So they still got a really... They they still got an interesting young player out of the deal that, you know, Jeffries will probably get a two-way contract this year. Yeah, which is
2: great. I mean, like, we still got essentially we got a second round pick without having to use a pick and got some cash back which they can spend on i don't know the team lunch or something like that exactly (laughs) who knows
1: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: So, all right, anyways, that's enough about the draft. Let's get into what really matters right now, and that's uh, free agency that's coming up this Sunday um, the 30th, and the Magic have a lot of question marks. We got our two really big unrestricted free agents and Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross. Um, that's the hot topic right now. Then we have a couple of um, restricted free agents and, um Ken Birch, who actually, he's a pretty big topic too. He's going to have a lot of buzz from he's what I hear. He's very
0: quietly a big topic that yeah. I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And then, But at the same time, he's, he's not because... All indications are the Magic will match any offer he gets. Sure, yeah.
2: There's no reason not to. Um,
0: then, you, you know, you got guys like Gerald
2: Martin and, and, and Jaron Grant that are unrestricted that I don't imagine the Magic matching anything on them. Just, they'll, they'll probably be they, somewhere they,
0: they, they, But as of now, they've not offered them qualifying offers, so they will probably be unrestricted free agents come Sunday.
2: Right. Which, and they which tells did, you everything they, you need to know. And they did send, um, they did pick up Wessa Wundu's option already. So I yes. would think that if they were going to send them a qualifying offer, it probably would have already been done by now. Yep. So
0: they
2: would have um, done it all West in one. smart move, which is great. Uh, you know, I don't think that was a question at all. He, he definitely proved himself to be an NBA player, which was a great second round pick, but we got a lot of other things, you know, there's a lot of scenarios that we're going to try and hit tonight. Um, First and foremost, let's just hit the big guns coming right out. We got Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross. It's it's a crapshoot with these guys. And to me, yeah, there there's parts of me that want to bring them back. There's definitely parts of me that don't want to bring one of them back and or both of them with all these different scenarios that could play out. Um, the, the Magic don't have cap space. We really don't. In order for us to have cap space, we have to – Renounce both Ross and Vucevic. We have to stretch Mozgov and you know, if we really want to get big cap space um, yeah, we got to stretch Mozgov and Potentially even flip DJ or Evan Fournier to to get like max or slightly above max if I remember my numbers correctly Um, And all that to happen can happen, but it's complicated so but before that with cap holds and everything we are basically running at cap and going into free agency with exceptions, and that's not a lot of flexibility. So the magic, they have to settle up on Nikola Vucevic first and Terrence Ross essentially, and so they can kind of figure out what's going on. This is my opinion. Do you see, do you see that sort of the same way? Like that's their approach. They settle up, first, figure out those guys.
0: I mean, by, by all accounts, the Magic have said their, their main focus in free agency is to take care of those guys first. And sure. I, I do take them at their word on that. I, you know, I think just uh, as a matter of doing business, it, I think it shows everyone else around the league that we will, you know, we will take care of you first. You are our priority when you're with us. And, and, and if you play well for us and you, you know, deliver us the goods, which both of them did, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk to you first. You, you, you are our priority. Now whether they're going to make a deal that's marketable or, or within market ranges, is, is definitely another question um, because while I think that, you know, this season was a really good one and, and both Ross and Vucevic were integral to it. This is still part of a bigger picture. Uh, you know, right. we're now entering year three of Weltman's tenure. And as much as magic fans hate when everyone says this, this is a new rebuild. The previous five years before Weltman do not count. He is, he is reshaping the team in his image and, the question that has to always be asked is: Is Nikola Vucevic part of their part of their uh, part of their vision for the future? They drafted Mobamba. They really like Mobamba. They've gone out of their way to say they really like Mobamba. Um, it's hard to imagine that they don't think Mobamba is going to be their starting center now. Whether he's ready to do it now or whenever is, is another question. But Nikola Vucevic also is probably entering the only time he's going to get a big contract. Right. He signed a small extension, a really team-friendly extension. The last time around, this is his first bite at the apple. It might be his only bite at the apple as a 29, 29-year-old center. So he he's definitely motivated to get as many years and as much money as he can. Orlando, not so much. Now, I think Orlando should meet with Vucevic first. I think they should meet with Ross shortly after. But I think they also have to be working down the other track too. They have to be examining okay, what do we do if Vucic is gone? What's our plan B? What's our plan C? And talk to those guys early and then make decisions on, this is this is the track we have to go down. This is the path we have to walk. Uh, path we have to walk. This is this or, you know, whatever their plan A is, it may not be Vucic. They have to be willing to walk down that path and, and make that step when it comes because, you know, we talk about those cap holds that have the Magic operating above the cap. Those cap holds are easily renounced. Sure. If the Magic say... You know, we'd rather sign this guy than Nikola Vucevic. You know, you could easily say, "Okay, Nikola Vucevic is off our books. We, we'll take that cap room and sign the new guy." That's 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 really it's really a cap mechanism. It's not an actual thing that 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 sits on your books. You can you can waive it. You can bring it back. You know, do whatever you need. To, you you don't have to you don't have to do anything to it until you need it.
1: Right. Um, and so,
0: sure. and so, I think Vucevic and Ross are their priorities. I do take them at their word on that, but. I think they're also prepared to do a whole bunch of other things if they can't find a deal. And frankly, with some of the numbers we're hearing about Vucevic going around, I, I think it's getting it's getting really dicey that that he may not be back.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams with money out there this year, and a lot of a lot of teams need some center help right now. And Vucevic has a lot to offer at the center position. And sure, he might not fit on some teams because he is. Got his limitations as far as like the speed he can play at and stuff like that, but he does a lot of other things really, really well. Um, and you know, seemed to take a huge leap this this past season. So we'll see what what kind of offers he gets. I think he's going to be in high demand from quite a few teams. Um, especially with how many other centers are renouncing their rights. You know, Al Horford renounced his. Willie conley Steins trying to be a free agent. Um, the Mavericks. Uh are looking for a center in my opinion, uh, position to, or from my opinion too. Um, you know, the, the, the New Lakers York teams are, are looking, looking for the a Lakers, a lot of teams are looking for centers right now and he could get interest from all sorts of people. Now I think the magic will definitely give him an offer. Um, and for me personally, it's not so much the money that we give him; It's the years and that's yep. really what it means. And ideally for me, if we were to bring him back, um, you know, it's on a two year deal because the next big free agency summer is 2021, two years from now, not next summer. So that's the next time I want to have flexibility in the cap. And if we sign him much longer than that, it could make that summer complicated. Um, does he go for a really big two year, 50, $60 million offer? I don't know. He might really want something more to four. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's the ultimate question cuz we we could sit here and talk all about what the magic want and and the magic sure. certainly want a team friendly deal. Um you know if if the if he was insistent on a 4-year deal, you know, I might do a 4-year deal if it's front loaded. Um and if it's around, you know, averages out to like 21 million dollars, maybe you could you could twist my arm and make it 22 front loaded. Um I don't know if that's what he wants, you know. Uh, I, I don't think he wants a two-year $50 million deal. I think he wants yeah. a little bit of security because, again, this is probably the only time he's going to get a big contract. At 31, You know, 31, 32 years old, he's probably not going to get the same kind of offers that he'll get now. I mean, I think a lot of GMs and front offices are getting smarter about this and kind of understanding players and, and managing their cap better. But at the same time, it's the NBA, and it only takes one GM to go crazy. And, and he's and not the, the type
2: deal. of yeah and, and he's not the type of player that can just do these one-on-ones like a lot of the you know super elite guys you know he doesn't have that option he, in front of he,
0: him he i mean we all know i mean and i think this has been part of the big debate with the magic or with magic fans on Vucevic. we've seen Vucevic at his best we know all of his flaws uh, we know you know and I, I, I still believe this to a certain extent he puts a little bit of a ceiling on your team there's only so much you can do with nikola Vucevic as your center as well as he played this year There's still only so much you can do. And the question then is, how much are you willing to pay for that? How long are you willing to pay for that? And, you know, are you willing to kind of keep that cap on the team for a little while? Now, I skew on the conservative side. You know, I think that this team needs Nikola Vucevic right now. Um, I'm I'm not confident yet that someone else can take over the offensive reins in the way that Vucevic did. And... I value his consistency. I I do think that that was really important and stabilizing for Orlando, especially as they kind of figured themselves out. At the same time, we saw in the playoffs, Vucevic by himself isn't going to do it. Someone else needs to step up and eventually someone else needs to kind of take over that starring role from him because there probably isn't a whole lot more the Magic can do with Nikola Vucevic as their starting center.
2: Sure, and, and, and I, I respect that view, and I, and I really like it. And, I, and you know, let, let me just say this outright. If, if I see Vuce back on the team next year, I'm not going to be, like, upset, but I sort of take a slightly different approach mm-hmm. myself. I'm of the sense of, yeah, fine, bring Vuce back on a team-friendly deal. That, that's fine. But it also stops us from playing a certain way. I really enjoy seeing fast-paced basketball and sure in the playoffs things slow down a little bit but we got these young players that have so much athleticism and speed that they could be playing with and we're just a little bit limited and we can't necessarily see that with Vooch on the floor and DJ running point because they they automatically sort of bring it to this slower half court basketball and we don't get to see them run in transition as much and you know we were one of the slowest teams in the league last year and that's that's really kind of disappointing when you have an athletic freak like Aaron Gordon ready to just jump at everything, and you know Jonathan Isaac can play quick in transition. So like, there's a really big part of me that wants to see that, but also it's like, you gotta find a way to 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 fill in the offense, and and how will that happen? I'm not sure. So let's let's play the scenario for a second. Let's say Vucevic gets a four-year, twenty-three million dollar offer a year from. The Kings or whoever, who cares? It doesn't matter. I mean, the matter. rumors
0: going around is he's getting twenty-five, which twenty-five. I'm sure, so, I was being I'm conservative. Told, I don't think get he's there. getting that.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, twenty-three a year might be realistic. Who knows? But something that we don't feel comfortable matching, right? And he's not on the team. Would if you were playing GM, would you go look to find a stopgap point guard or a, a stopback, stopgap center? Or would you roll the dice with Bamba, Birch, and hopefully Moskov can be somewhat serviceable?
0: You know, I, I am, I'm kind of slowly coming to, to the idea and the thought that uh, Orlando should uh, or could uh, go with Birch as sort of their stopgap starting center. I mean, honestly, this is, this is like kind of the hard part of it all as it really depends on how comfortable the Magic are with Bamba. Um, you know, right. I, I, having watched Bamba last year, I, I think Bamba is still another full season away from being ready to start full-time. Definitely. But but that's incomplete information because, A, he only played about half a season and was starting to figure things out and make some real progress before he got hurt. Um, but we haven't seen him play at all. I mean, he could go out in summer league and be a defensive wrecking ball and just, you know, be, you know, and I expect him to be kind of a man among boys. Like, I expect him to know what's going on that And the way that you see a lot of second-year players know what's going on. Like Jonathan sure. Isaac last year, and even West Wes didn't, didn't shoot the ball particularly well, you could tell they were better than a lot of players on that floor just because they knew what was going on. Um, they, 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 that, that NBA experience helps a lot of those players, and and they're able to kind of get what they need out of Summer League uh, and, and dominate games even if they're not scoring particularly well, which, which I don't think either one really did at, at the end of the day. Um, but... If they are watching Bamba and seeing the gains that that, that there's they want to see and, and and he's able to play, so he's probably played at least some pickup. You would imagine, sure. And they feel comfortable with it, then yeah, go with Birch to kind of start the season as the center until you really feel comfortable with Bamba, until you really know Bamba's ready, and then you can flip flip him and, and split those minutes really easily, and then find like a a third center whether you you run with Mazgov, which maybe you do, or you run with or you go out and sign like a kind of low salary center. Um but you know there there are some, some slip through the cracks. Um, you know, look at Brooke Lopez. No one signed him until the very end of the summer and turned out to be one of the most impactful players in the in the NBA. There's uh, for a for ton of centers season.
2: available this year. There's I mean, I got the list right now and I mean you know they have not this is off of hoops hype right now. Just their their centers, and just to let everyone know, Nikola Vucevic is number one on their list. Um, but you know, just scrolling down, you, you you know, Robin Lopez is down there now. I don't know if he'd take a deal that I want, but you know, he, I think he could still get a decent deal this summer. But you you got guys that might be able to do a a couple, you know, one two year friendly contract. Frank Kaminsky, um, Rashawn Holmes is someone. That Rashawn I Holmes. At. Nay, You got Joachim Noah. Um, there's oh, a couple boy, of guys yeah. you could bring in and and do Martin Gortat. You could you could bring them in and do a center by committee and just kind of let them play out. These are types of centers that, in my opinion, are not going to be offended when they get asked to sit down and be a bench player because you know be Bamba or Kemba is, is deserving you can kind of just play best case scenario until bomb is truly ready. Um so they have options in my opinion if they really needed to.
0: Um, so I don't think I don't think center outside of Vucevic. I don't think center is a real long-term concern. I don't think the magic have to go out and find a long-term center. No, the only no. the only guy I would give more than a uh, honestly more than a one or two year contract to is Nikola Vucevic.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I were to sign another center this summer, it's for a, a one- or two-year deal. I don't want to sign anyone long-term. Um, It's definitely one to two years just because, like you said, and I 100% agree, Bamba needs at least one more year without starting center pressure on him yet where he, he needs can one
0: more year get to bailed earn
2: the spot. out by someone else. Yeah. He needs to earn the but spot. If they don't bring him back, um, you know, he needs a center in front of him that that, you know, doesn't necessarily demand the same type of minutes, um, you know, that Vucevic does either. You know, he needs the opportunity to play. Sure. Sort of my opinion there. Um, what's your opinion? You do? Do you want to bring him back?
0: I, I, you know, there's, I, I am comfortable with whatever happens. Um, you know, I, I think Vucevic has got to take care of himself, and 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 you know, he absolutely should get paid. I would like to see Vucevic back, but but again, only under those strict conditions. You know, team-friendly yeah. deal. You know, if it's a mega deal, it's a two-year deal. Um, nothing crazy um, because I'm still not convinced that, that Aaron Gordon's ready to take over the offense. Uh, I was very encouraged with what I saw in games three and four of the playoffs when he finally kind of got it got it ready to go. And, you know, he's had such wild swings between wildly inefficient last year to too conservative— or wild, wildly inefficient two years ago— to, too conservative last year with with how he attacks. Like I want to see him at that happy medium before I hand the keys to him. You know, sure. I, I'm still I'm still waiting for him to pass his driver's test, so to speak. And uh, and I
2: th- I think we'll see him kind of find his balance a bit more. And we don't have to talk about this position just yet. But I think we will find Aaron Gordon really find his position of maybe being that go to number one option when they have a sent uh, a point guard that that's a little bit more. That can take some of the pressure off of him because right now the best guard that can take some pressure off him is Evan Fournier, and everyone hates him right now. So Evan Fournier, um,
0: like Evan, had like, a bad year. He did, he did, but that like, was not an Evan Fournier season. He did a lot of things better and a lot of things well, and if, but unfortunately, like his main role is to shoot the ball, and he shot the ball very poorly this year, and he would and, admit that. But
2: to have Evan be the the go to like best option guard is is not good in no, my opinion. No. So he need, you know, I think in order for Gordon to really hit that ceiling, he needs a complementary guard to help him
0: out and right now this team doesn't have that. Unless the the, mag, the Magic's big issue as we saw in the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs reveal your every weakness. Yes. The Magic do not have someone who can beat you off the dribble one-on-one. They don't have a one-on-one creator. No. Uh, right now it feels like they have a lot of guys who work really well off the ball, you know, attacking rotations and working off of cuts. And, you know, that's where Vucevic was really valuable because he's a really good passer out of the high post. You dump the ball into, that, into him at the elbow, he's either able to make that shot and keep the defense honest or make the right pass, set a good set a screen out of a horn set, um, do what you need to do to, to get the offense moving. And what Toronto did really, really well was they pushed Vucevic off a spot, they pressured him and doubled him whenever players tried to rub off him, they switched everything, they, they put a bigger guy on... on DJ Augustine and bet that Evan Fournier wouldn't hit threes. He didn't. And, like, their defensive strategy just completely strangled the magic, and they just had no way to get out of it until Aaron Gordon kind of decided, I think, in the midway midway part of Game 3, and especially in Game 4 in the third quarter, I've got to score. Someone's got to create something. It's got to be me. I don't care if Kawhi Leonard's playing me. And I'm hoping that was really, like, powerful for him and and, and kind of got him going into the summer because – I thought he was the best player on the Magic in that entire
1: series.
2: Yeah, yeah, he really was. I was actually just gonna say that as well. The Aaron Gordon is was the most consistent and best player on that team, besides you know that one moment of clutch God DJ Augustine. Uh, you know. I mean, but
0: like, but like, you look at, you look at real, that DJ. Yeah, but like the the DJ Augustine play, and, and you know, we're sidetracking a little bit to, to discuss the playoffs a little bit. We are. Um, that was you know he, he scored nineteen of his twenty five points in the first half of that game. Yeah. The Magic forced the first adjustment of that series. They put Danny Green on DJ Augustine, and Danny Green just shut him down. Because at the end of the day, DJ doesn't have the positional size the Magic like. Sure. And so they put a bigger guy on him. They put a really good defender on him. They put their, honestly, their their third best perimeter defender, um, which they have very good perimeter defenders already. So Danny Green would probably be one of the better perimeter defenders, best perimeter defenders in the league. They put him on DJ Augustine, and they, they, again, choked the magic off. DJ Augustine is their best creator off the dribble. He couldn't create create anything off the dribble the rest of that series. Yeah. Until the fourth quarter of Game 1— And then never again the rest of the series.
2: And then this is where, you know, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole. And this is why everyone got so frustrated with the draft that we didn't even get close to addressing the the guard positions. Because, like, we all know that's such a huge hole for us and we need that. And
1: the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Um, You know, let's get back to the free agency because the one super solid guard we had um, – you know he had his weaknesses for sure was terrence ross and he's going to be in high demand he can fit on almost any single team you know you stick him on a second unit and let him run around and you know catch and shoot as many ball as many shots as he wants and it's you know he's going to hit a bunch of them and he's really good but he seems to really enjoy orlando he seems to want to be here he's doing a lot of you know he's done a couple of off season activities with orlando and the in, in the Orlando Magic team and, you know, seems to be spending a lot of time in Florida on his boat at the lake or whatever. And, you know, I don't know. I, I think he wants to be here, but I also think he's going to get a lot of offers from a lot of other teams. Do you have any, any feelings on Terrence Ross and, and kind of where the team's at? Cause like, honestly, if I'm going to overpay for one of the two players, Nikola Vucevic or Terrence Ross, I feel more comfortable overpaying Terrence Ross a little bit to keep him around just because he can kind of fit any style.
0: I, I, I think that is certainly the case. Um, Ross's market, I'm finding really hard to pin down. Sure. Um, Because, like you said, he's a guy that fits in anywhere. He is going to be in high demand. We know the Lakers are going to chase after him. It sounds like the Sixers are going to chase after him. I've heard some some unsubstantiated rumors that a bunch of other teams will chase after him. There's going to be a lot of teams going after him. Um, You know, I think he's happy coming off the bench, but... To keep him, it sure sounds like you're gonna have to pay starter money at yeah. least fourteen, maybe fifteen, maybe even sixteen or seventeen million dollars a year. And you know, now we're talking about like Evan Fournier's contract. And like Evan Fournier, when he signed that four-year deal, like people thought it was probably a little too much, like his stats were a little inflated. But like you look at him now, it's like you can't get rid of him. Right, and so you better be certain that Ross is going to keep up this production, and and it'll, you know I think I think he can. I mean I think he had a really really good year, and he'll probably come back to Earth a little bit, but you better be sure that that he's going to keep that production up over the lifetime of the contract if you want to keep him. And I, I you know I think you're right in some respects that I think he is the guy you overpay for because shooting is so valuable, especially for this team. But at the same time, I feel like you can spend that money. You know, why, more wisely elsewhere that you can spread out that resource a little bit. You can go get a player like a a Jeremy Lamb who's coming off a really good year for yeah. You know, maybe maybe not a huge difference, but like three or four million dollars less is big over the course of the contract. That's another player you could sign. Maybe um, you could go after a, a Reggie Bullock who's also a very good shooter, or uh, even a Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Um, there there are other players that you could chase. That you know aren't going to give you the same thing Terrence Ross gives you, but you know you could get them, and you know other players can pick up the slack, and they'll still give you something um, for much cheaper. And I'm not saying you know you, you need to be cheaper or you shouldn't pay for someone. If if you think Ross is worth 16 million a year, pay him, pay the man. Yeah, him. for sure. Um, but you know you never know there could be someone that does a JJ Redick offer where they say one year 20 23 million, come play for us for a year. Yeah, and um, that that can that's, be very that's something brain. that Terrence Ross could get. Um, and, you know, sure. like, and then, you know, if he has another great year, he gets another bite at the apple. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's, you know, like I think Redick even said like, you know, I'd be, you know, I want the years, but I'd be a fool to turn down $23 million a year. I'm never going to get that. I'm getting paid like a max player when I'm not.
2: You you said a couple of names there that I want to touch on for a second, so we can just like talk about a couple of replacements if he were to walk. Because at the end of the day, it's Terrence Ross's decision, not the Magic's, yep. if he's going to play on us. You know, they'll give him an offer. And, and, I'll, and I'll say
0: and I'll say this, sure. this too. You know, back to back to that point about Terrence Ross liking it in Orlando. I think for both Ross and Vucevic, if all things were equal, if 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 money is equal, you know, for every situation. I think they'd rather stay in Orlando. I do think they like it here in Orlando. I think Waltman has said they feel ownership over what they, they're building here, and I think they want to see it through. It's just, you know, what can the Magic? What are the Magic comfortable offering as far as years and amount, and is it competitive to the rest of the market? And then ultimately, it's it's their decision.
2: So all right, let's play a couple scenarios. So we have, you know, we keep. Let's say we have Vuchan on contract for another couple of years, and we have to replace. Terrence Ross right he's gone he joined some other random team you said a couple of names that I I have on my list in my hand you said Jeremy Lamb you said Reggie Bullock I like both of those guys um and Keith Smith said this on your podcast the other day this player and he's someone I've had my eye on since almost the start of the playoffs Rodney Hood I think he would be a good person to take a flyer on you know he played well in the jazz that was a decent organization but they didn't want to Sign him long term. So they flipped him to the Cavs, which was a super unstable organization. Then he goes back to, um, he goes back to uh, the Trailblazers, yeah. uh, which is a very stable organization and has a really nice year. I think coming to a stable organization that's growing in the right direction, like the Magic, he could be a really nice six man off the bench that can do a little bit of creation and also. Be a decent catch he has a lot of the same players. style as
0: Ross too as a yeah
2: sliver. yeah I think he's got a little I'm, bit more like a little bit more creation that he could do but um yeah he can slash he can shoot real well I think he's the type of younger player that you could take a swing on um and he's probably the type of player that would take a you know not a super long term deal he's you know I don't know how many long term deals he's gonna get I don't know what his market you is you could but, probably
0: get him on a three year deal uh, yeah. And, I I have the feeling he's going to be in like the the ten eleven twelve 11 12 maybe 13 million dollar per year range. Sure. That's actually kind of the range that I think Jeremy Lamb's going to end up like 10 11 12 million per yeah. year. Um and you know the Magic would have to do a little bit of maneuvering to to get that kind of cap room if they re-sign Vucevic too. Um uh, cuz Vucevic's cap hold is 19 million. Sure, uh, the Magic's like pre the Magic's pre cap hold like cap amount Is about twenty million in room, so you'd have one million in room. um, So you'd probably have to stretch Mozgov. That'll get you to back to thirteen, and and that's how you would be able to bring in a player like that. So the Magic, the Magic can get there. They can. Um, Magic can keep Vucevic and get there. Um, But like I think I feel like Hood's going to be in big demand. Like Hood Hood and Ross are kind of competing in the same market. I feel like yeah, and they're both going to get about the same amount in that like thirteen to fifteen, maybe sixteen million dollar year range. That's that would be my concern. So.
2: But who would be uh, a best
0: best case scenario, I
2: think? He would be a really nice replacement, I think. Uh, he's pretty high on my list. And then I got a couple other guys, um, Holiday and Rivers, I think, would be both not uh, not Drew Holiday, uh, his brother Justin uh Justin Holliday. I think those would be nice lower end options that we could get yep. on the team that can, you know, play that six man type role. Um, Austin Rivers can play, you know, a little bit of combo guard, which is nice too. Um but we did let. Let's get. I don't. Before we go, keep going down rabbit holes. We did have some listener quest, uh, questions, and one of them was. And I'm kind of backtracking. If we retain Ross and Vucevic, what kind of growth can we expect out of this team? I have my theory. What is yours?
0: Um, no matter what happens, no matter no matter what happens in free agency, the best way for the Magic to improve is still internal improvement. Yes. That the whole key 100%. to this whole thing is Aaron Gordon gets better. Jonathan Isaac gets better. Mobamba gets better. Markel Fultz gets better. The whole, like, the magic, you know, the, the idea of going after D'Angelo Russell is fun, and, and I think it's, you know, at least worth exploring and, and, and debating. And, I think there's and a little reel in there. Fish, fishing around a little bit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this team probably doesn't need to go after the big fish because they have to hope the big fish is already on the line. They've already, sure. got, it. They've already got him on the hook. Um, and the, the limit for this Magic team is ultimately decided by how those, how those core four guys that, that we all talk about, how much they grow and what they ultimately become. Um, Aaron Gordon's obviously the most advanced, and I think a lot of people were disappointed in Aaron this year because he didn't take the star turn that we all hoped he would. He kind of took a step back a little bit in scoring, and it proved his all-around game. I thought, Aaron, I thought last year was Aaron Gordon's best season of his career. But now we want to see him kind of take more responsibility and more ownership of the team um, in, in a more aggressive and assertive way.
2: Question on Aaron Gordon. With Vucevic on the team and Clifford running the offense the way he does through Vucevic, do you think Aaron Gordon can actually get to that level?
0: Yes. I think that Steve, I mean, Steve Clifford was determined to win. He was, he was going to put players in the best position for the team to win. He wasn't going to, you know, and I think Frank Vogel did this, he wasn't gonna give Aaron Gordon the space to kind of to operate as he wanted an experiment that that wasn't that wasn't his jam. We saw very early in the season when Aaron Gordon tried to do the crazy dribble moves, create an ISO. He stopped Clifford, him right away. Clifford stopped him right away, no. yelled at him, and honestly, like I, I've I've joked about this, It was like breaking a horse. It, it, I think Gordon bought in that day when he was like, "Oh, this coach ain't playing around. I, I can't do those things." Yeah, if Gordon proves that he can do that, that he can be more effective and efficient that way, the offense will shift to him. He'll get the freedom to do that. Um, I think the playing through Vucevic was a necessity. It was the best way for the team to win, and I think it helped a lot of people, honestly. I think it helped a lot of players. Um, but I, I feel like if the Magic need to shift their offense to a Gordon-centered offense, they will be able to do that.
2: And do you think Vucevic would be able to do that as well?
0: I think Vucevic would. Um, he's played most of his, his career with Orlando that way. I think, I think last year was honestly the first time the Magic ran their offense primarily through Vucevic instead of through pick and rolls. So yeah. I think you can adjust the levels, but you know, honestly, sure. at that point, the question then becomes, okay, you just paid Vucevic how much money and now he's scaling back in the offense. So yeah. everything's tied together that way, I suppose.
2: Alright, so we're starting to run out of time a little bit. We've, uh, we've already been going for 45 minutes. There's a lot and to get to. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to get to. So let's have some fun, and we probably won't get to everything tonight, but let's let's have some fun here for a second. Um, in my opinion, this is fun. We don't have Vooch. We don't have Ross. We renounce their rights. Uh, we're going to go in a different direction. We want to make a lot of cap space. So they decide to stretch Mozgov, which this is all a very real possibility. And we get somewhere around thirty something million dollars to play with this this offseason. season. What, what do you what do you think the magic do? Do you think they take the big swing and go for a D'Angelo Russell? Which again, I don't know if he would come here. There's a lot of teams gonna be chasing him, but I think they're I think he I think he might take a meeting with us. Um, yes, that's yes, really what it comes meeting. to. <laughs> yeah. He's got to take a. We got to hopefully get the meeting with him. Um, You know, do we go for a big swing like that? Do we scale back and try and overplay for a a player like uh, Malcolm Brogdon? He's another really big name floating around with with the point guards. Um, Or, you know, do we kind of just stick with the guards that we got and spread that money elsewhere? Like, what would you do with 30 million dollars if you were playing GM of the Magic this offseason?
0: Yeah, you know, I, definitely, I definitely go try and get a meeting with some of those big fish, uh, especially D'Angelo Russell and, and, to some extent, Malcolm Brogdon. I think, I think I at least try and get a meeting and, and see what's there. But the one thing I can't do is spend recklessly. Sure. So I go after some of those role players we talked about, Rodney Hood, uh, Jeremy Lamb, like guys that very clearly can fit in with the, what with the team is currently constructed, support them and help them, and, and kind of be a big, a big boost for them. Um, the other thing I do is I explore trades. Uh, with with open cap space, you can absorb more salary into that cap space than you send out. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk. I mean, and honestly, I may even do this before stretching Timothy Mozgov, all the talk about Houston trying to trade some guys to go get Jimmy Butler, you know, maybe they're willing to do the stretch Mozgov deal. You know, maybe if you're feeling really comfortable with your team, I don't know if I'm at this point, maybe you send Mozgov and a first to... Houston and bring back Eric Gordon, who can do a lot of the things that sure. that uh, that Terrence Ross does, and is perfectly willing to come off the bench, um at least he has been in the past. Um, you know, maybe that's that's the route you go. Um, you know, you never know what trade options will, will come up, will arise uh, o- over the course of a summer. Um, you look, you you kind of wait to see how the market shakes out and see if there are any uh, bargains lost. I mean, that's how the Magic got Jonathan Simmons, which. Looked like a really good signing at the time, and, and you know wasn't a terrible signing at all. Um, at the end of the day, you got to do something. You got to do plenty to support your young roster. And, and I think if Vooch is gone, if, if Vooch if Vooch is gone, especially, it probably means it's time to throw Gordon into the deep end a little bit. Yeah, and say this is your swim. team. We're gonna we're gonna build a roster around to, to help and support you, but it's 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 your show now, buddy. He was and co-captain last that, year. He's got to step up. Yeah, and you got and has got to step up, and and you hope that Isaac takes another step. You hope that Fultz is healthy and starts looking really, really good. You, you're banking on that your internal improvement is going to get you is going to help you maintain your spot. Maybe you take a little bit of a step back record wise, but you start kind of gaining gaining steps, and you bolster your bench, you bolster your depth, and you know, you know, maybe the one guy that that you chase that that I'm not the biggest fan of this guy, but Terry Rozier. You know, if 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 that's if that's the case, then then you get it, you get it on him. I don't Especially think you can if say that. That, that him, so. name
2: around me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, really I'm not, not the biggest Terry Rozier guy. guy. Yeah, I am really not high on him at all. He just, I don't know, not not my cup of tea. If I were to have to go after point cards this summer, uh, it, the two I already said, D'Angelo Russell, Malcolm Brogdon, those would be the big ones. I'm, and, and other than that, I'm not really. I, I need a I bucket getter. I smaller hitter. on
0: the point guards, like it, I like. Like the way, the way I view the point guards is, you know, the magic are perfectly comfortable with DJ Augustine starting.
2: Sure. They're Um, great.
0: uh, Until Marco Fultz, again, same deal as, as with the center position, you're kind of biding your time until you think Fultz is ready. Um, And so, you know, I chase after maybe a point guard like Dellen Wright to be, to play, to play the Michael Carter Williams role. Essentially. Um, Just be energy long, long, you know, long defensive minded point guard that kind of gives you a little kick in the butt off the bench.
2: I, and that's another, I mean, that's another question. Like, what are we doing with Michael Carter, Williams and Briscoe? Are we bringing them back. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I like them. I'm not in love with them. I, I, I don't have any emotional attachment to them.
0: Yeah. Like, there's I hate so saying many that because they were so vital, place. but they're, you <clears throat> can Zion find
2: Wright is, find a, is an upgrade to me, to them, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's so many guys out there. Corey Joseph is another one that, Corey that Joseph is would be a Easily a, up. an upgrade over them. Um, you know, T.J. McConnell, he's, uh, you know, a lot of people like him or to hate him. But... Yeah.
0: I in, in, in that situation. Like bring, in, bring in a veteran, bring in someone who's got championship experience that's got to kind of yeah. keep this team focused. The, and the I, reason, mean,
2: I, I was thinking about this today. The reason why I'm not okay with bringing back Briscoe or Carter Williams is and, and looking for someone else is because we got lucky last year with health. We might yeah. not be so lucky next year. If DJ goes down and Foltz is still a gigantic question mark, we don't know what he is, who's gonna run guard? We need someone to be able to take that spot that I am somewhat comfortable with, and I am not comfortable with either Carter Williams or Briscoe doing that. Um,
0: not long that's, term. Like they they were no. great in the roles that they played.
2: Sure, exactly. But you know, that's why I, you know, I look at some of these other guys. Um, you know, we'll see. And I, I want that guy to be somewhat offensive. I was sick of looking at a point guards on our second unit that couldn't shoot. That was really frustrating. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, Philip, you and I could keep going on in so many different scenarios talking about what if this and what if that and this question mark and that question mark and player X and all this stuff. But we would be here for hours and yep. we would we would go deep into different, you know, crazy different Scenarios and maybe that's a conversation that can be had in the future. Um, I mean, not maybe not. I don't know. Free agency's a few days away, but um, let's let's wrap things up. I I'm not going to make a prediction on what the Magic are going to do because one thing I've learned is every time I think I know what the Magic are doing, they do something completely opposite. This front office doesn't say anything, and uh, so I'm not going to make a prediction. And that's typically what I do in a situation like this with the guests. Say, hey. What do you what do you think's gonna happen? Make your prediction. But I don't even want to ask you that because none of us really know. It's a gigantic question mark. Running it back isn't the worst thing in the world if it's friendly deals, but also going after free agents isn't bad either, you know? So we'll see. I don't know if there's a right way to do this. But I do want to say. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited for this upcoming, um, you know, this upcoming week to see really how this team goes. This is one of the most exciting parts of the summer for all of us. Um, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And if you have any last minute thoughts that you want to say, go ahead.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I follow this team. I talk to guys on this team. I am as much in the dark about everything that's going on back, going on in the Amway Center as anyone else. I, I, I cannot predict this, this offseason, how it's going to go, what this team's going to do. Uh, you know I think the final thing we have to say is this is the first summer where Jeff Weltman's feeling pressure. You know He kind of got a pass the first two summers. The team didn't really have a lot of money to spend. Uh, the, the decisions they had to make were, were fairly easy ones, and if they made mistakes, they, they weren't killer mistakes. I mean, I think there, there are some criticisms you can make of Weltman's tenure so far, but they're not mistakes that kill you. Sure. This summer... There are mistakes that could that could kill you. There, yes. there are there are landmines to, to to fall on in this in this summer, and you know if you're you know if if you make the wrong choice, you're kind of stuck in a place you don't want to be. I mean, you know, I think a lot of fans were somewhat critical of going for a playoff spot this year, saying you know you don't want to be an eight seed, you don't want to be the seven seed, you want the lottery pick so you could be a a, a a top seed. And I was like, wait, first off, you don't want to be perpetually a seven seed. But getting there once is okay, as long as you're moving up. And I think you sure. can clearly see this team is moving up. But if you make the wrong choice here, then you might get stuck. And that's not what you want. So, you know, I think this is really the first summer where we're going to see what Jeff Weltman, you know, president of basketball operations, decision maker for the Orlando Magic, we're going to really see what he's made of and, and whether he's, he's going to be good in this, in that part of the job. He's done a lot of the other parts really, really well. This is a big summer for him to show us what kind of general manager, what kind of decision maker he is.
2: It is very much. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, Philip, I just want to say thank you so much. This, this show, like I said, we've been talking about doing it for a couple of weeks now. And you know we've, we've done a few shows together and they're always a blast in my opinion. So thanks for coming on. I can't wait to catch up with you a little bit closer to the season when we can talk about some of the decisions that were made this coming week.
0: I want to thank Stephen Cameron again for having me on his podcast, The Close Up Magic. You can search uh, wherever you download podcasts for that. Also, check up, check out his website too to to get more of his thoughts and his staff's thoughts on the Orlando Magic. Again, that's Close Up Magic. You can follow them on Twitter at the Close Up Magic. You can of course subscribe to Locked On Magic on iTunes. Sit so your tune in. Himalaya, Google Play, anywhere you download podcasts, by searching for Locked On and, for searching for Locked On Magic, and of course the Locked On Podcast Networks there too, with Locked On and the team you are looking for. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including several answers to your questions that were submitted to me and Steven that uh, did not make the show, I'll be posting a mailbag either late Friday, early Saturday to get you through to the beginning of free agency. On Sunday. It's a big, 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 big day, obviously, coming up. But you can find all that on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Follow us on Twitter for the latest on the Orlando Magic and all the free agency rumors at OMagicDaily. We didn't talk about Thomas Satoransky, that's apparently out there in the universe, who, who doesn't like six foot six point guards. Um, but that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, as well as Stephen Cameron and Close Up Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for season four of Locked On Magic.
1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. a hey, Prime members.